This is 805 Living Magazine, and I'm your host, Jamie Lewis. I usually write about food for the magazine, but today I get to take you deeper inside the story I wrote about Chef Jimmy Wong of Dench Restaurant in San Luis Obispo. When he's not studying food science at Cal Poly State University, Jimmy prepares and serves pop-up tasting dinners in his studio apartment to rave reviews. I visited Jimmy's apartment and had a conversation with him about how he apprenticed at Michelin-starred restaurants and opened his own one-man show, all before hitting the legal drinking age. For more on Jimmy, read Faces in the Crowd in the March restaurant issue of 805 Living Magazine. Now, let's get into it with Jimmy. Jimmy, thanks for letting us come into your house and and see your stuff and sit on your bed and see your giant racks with all your stuff on it. It's so incredible what you're able to do in such a small space. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. <laughs> I just have a few questions. I, I want to know, you know, where exactly are you from? You said South Bay, but where? Um, originally from the South Bay, so kind of Cupertino, San Jose area. That's where I was born and raised. And what's your family background? Who, yeah. Who's in your family? Um, so both my parents are uh, originally from Hong Kong, and they immigrated um, over to here um, quite a while ago. And they had me and my two older sisters. Um, so I have two older sisters and me. How did you grow up eating? I grew up on a, a pretty Asian American kind of diet. I had a lot of Chinese food basically every day. So um, it was definitely a little tiring at times, but it definitely uh, eventually le- led me to grow to like love my own like food and culture. But yeah, yeah that, that whole kind of journey was a really interesting one. I've looked at a couple of your sample menus from Dench, and I don't see a ton of influence, but maybe I'm missing it. Do you feel like there's a lot of Asian influence, like the influence of the foods you grew up eating? Yeah, so for the dishes I do for the pop-up, um, I try to incorporate a lot of uh, inspiration from like things I love, enjoyed growing up, eating growing up, or things like the flavors that are around me, or the, just the cultures that are around me, but kind of combining that with kind of the techniques and things that I learned working in restaurants. And so that's the kind of the food that I wanted to put out, like a really kind of genuine representation of who I was and just like my background. Because like for me, I wouldn't be able to cook like the same kind of food that like my parents grew up eating just because I don't have that kind of knowledge or, or I didn't grow up around that. So I don't have that same kind of palate. But I know I do have the palate of the things that I grew up eating um, just through like my, my mom's cooking or just the restaurants that we would go to. But I do have all the, these other experiences that my parents don't necessarily have just growing up um, in like California, in the South Bay. And so I was able to combine all these things and just, uh, yeah, put like myself on a plate pretty much. Yeah. And what's an example of a dish where you put your stamp on it? One that I've talked about a lot, but is my 62 degree tea egg. Uh, basically, my tea egg is something that, looking back at like these chefs that I really looked up to, they um, all had these signature egg dishes. And so when I was coming up with my menu, I figured like, oh man, like I should come up with my own like kind of signature egg dish. And so yeah, what I did was um, think back to what I enjoyed eating as a kid, and what I remember was this tea egg. Um, a traditional Chinese tea egg is like an egg that's been boiled and kind of steeped in this 
tea and soy solution uh, for a really long time. So like the kind of the flavor kind of permeates throughout the egg and it makes for like a really delicious egg. But um, the yolk gets kind of chalky and rubbery and like the white isn't like is like really kind of hard just because it's been steeped for so long. Um, and so what I wanted to do was a runny yolked tea egg. And so um, what I serve on the menu is an egg that I have to cook in three different stages just to be able to get that super nice runny yolk and like just perfect consistency of the egg. So it's a 62 degree tea egg that's been steeped in lapsing sushing, served alongside some butter fried trumpet mushrooms, some scallions, Chinese red vinegar, and a stick of toasted brioche just to be able to sop up all that yolk. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds incredible. What was the evolution of that dish? I mean, did it all come together at once or did it evolve? Yeah, so I knew I wanted to do something around the tea egg. So then I figured I tried a lot of different techniques and methods to try to figure out how to make a tea egg runny yolk, but still have all those flavors. Um, and so what I like, did a lot of research and what I settled on was uh, like a technique that modernist cuisine came up with. And once I had the egg down, I just thought of components that would surround the dish and I just wanted to, yeah, just create a really balanced dish around just a tea egg and not just, just serve like a regular tea egg. And that's probably beautiful to look at too, I would guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty dish. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious if you're developing like your 62 degree tea egg, how, when do you have time to study? How do you study? <laughs> um, it's definitely a lot of like sacrifices, like where like I see a lot of my friends like going out <laughs> with their friends or, um, you know, like playing video games or doing things like in their leisure time. Um, I'm either just working on the pop-up or doing homework. And so um, it's a little bit of sacrifice there, but honestly, like doing like the dishes. Um, sorry, professors, but like during class times, I'll be researching, <laughs> like researching things and uh, yeah, just conceptualizing dishes and stuff. But I mean, to me, it's a lot of fun. So um, yeah. it doesn't really feel like I'm sacrificing anything, but do you buy from farmers markets and local farms or are you strictly supermarket guy or <laughs> uh yeah so i try to uh for my menu i try to get everything as locally sustainably and organically as i can um and so that means like for my kind of timeline for the pop-up i start on thursdays i'll go to farmers pick up all the produce that i need um anything i can't get at farmers i'll go to local markets or just pick up all the things that i couldn't get at farmers and then i'll come back on thursdays and i'll start prepping right away and then the next day on Friday, I'll prep pretty much throughout Friday. And then Saturday is all day kind of thing before um, guests arrive. Because you have dinner service. Is it two days a week or just the one? Uh, just one on Saturdays. Wow. And you've generated all this interest in serving dinner one day yeah. a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do the dinner services are on Saturdays <laughs> for four people. I wish I could do more, but I only have four chairs. <laughs> yeah. And four set, like four plates. <laughs> for each dish, so. <laughs> we got to get you some more plates, yeah. I think. What's the biggest challenge to doing this concept? I think it's definitely just uh, working around like my space where like maximizing uh, like space for efficiency like here if you see like my kitchen it's honestly like super tiny it's a 50 mm -hmm. like square foot kitchen and like if I didn't have like the stainless steel table that I put in like my counter space would probably be like one square foot so it literally is one square yeah. foot so yeah it's, um, it's definitely tough to work around but I think yeah just like uh, relying on like my experiences in kitchens and uh, restaurants that I'm able to yeah cook as efficiently and like cleanly and quickly as I can. Mm -hmm. 
And is it expensive to do this for you? Um, it's quite expensive. <laughs> uh, it's definitely like if you costed it out with labor and ingredients and stuff, I'd, I mean, I'm not losing money on it, but I'd probably be making like $2 an hour. So <laughs> it's oh definitely gosh. not a very sustainable kind of um, yeah, yeah. hobby. <laughs> but it has an end date because you're graduating. When are you graduating? Right. So I'm on track to be graduating this uh, spring. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, wait, that's just a quarter away. Yeah. Fantastic. And what do you need to do before you wrap up for graduation? <laughs> so basically, uh, this past year, um, the pop-up has kind of been on a little bit of the back burners just because this year I've been working on a cookbook. And mm. so this cookbook is as part of my senior project, but um, I'm on track to be printing and having it in people's hands by mid to late May. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and I didn't even ask on tape, what is your major? Oh, yeah. Um, so I study food science at Cal Poly. Okay. Obviously informed by your passion for... <laughs> yeah. When I was deciding whether what I was going to do after high school, like it was either debating between going to Cal Poly or going to the CIA, which is the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park. Yeah. After a lot of thinking about it and a lot of pushing from my parents, uh, you know, I just... Uh, I talked to a lot of the, the people I worked around, too, and I thought that the best idea for me was to study food science just because I looked at the chefs that I also looked up to, and um, a lot of them didn't really have, necessarily have backgrounds in like higher education or backgrounds in science, and so um, I thought that like if I could take this opportunity to learn food science, I could probably learn food on kind of a more um, like molecular level, kind of learn food like on a biological, like chemical, like physical level that I could do, combine that with like culinary knowledge and like do some pretty cool stuff because not a lot of food science people have a lot of background in cooking and a lot, not a lot of kitchen people have a lot of background in like food science. So if I could have best of both worlds, I thought I could do some pretty cool stuff with food. I agree. And I think that's really cool. What, do, what would you say to somebody who thinks that you have to have a backup plan in case this doesn't work out? How do you feel about that? <laughs> I think it's always good to um, have something in mind, but I don't think you should let these kinds of like thoughts stop you from like pursuing um, what you really want to do. And it's obvious that you're all in, clearly. I really respect the fact that you didn't just wait to graduate to start your career. You have made your career here in a studio apartment on the second floor. I love that. I love that concept. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Um, it's definitely something that when I first started out, I didn't think it was going to be something that was like this now. <laughs> but uh, like, honestly, when I first started out, like my main goal of it was just to be able to cook week in, week out and really learn who I wanted to be as a cook or a chef, like the food that I wanted to be putting out and be able to like serve people at the same time. Um, yeah, so I honestly, like when I first started out, I thought I was gonna have to beg my friends each week to come, you know, my place was like, oh man, like I'm charging what, like $35 for this? Like <laughs> none of my, like my friends are all gonna be like, what? Like I could go to like Taco Bell for like $3. Why would I eat your stuff? So I was like super scared. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to close after like a quarter <laughs> to sell all my stuff. <laughs> well, so do they like coming over? I mean, do they come over a lot? Yeah, so um, when I first released my reservations on my Instagram, I released it for um, a couple months and after a couple hours it was I was fully booked and so um, it was awesome just I would know the people who booked the tables but I wouldn't necessarily know the people that they brought and so I think we're really spread with that and then things kind of just kept on snowballing from there but basically when I'm not doing the pop-up I'm like testing dishes and stuff so my friends enjoy coming in 
tasting <laughs> and seeing uh yeah what I'm working on things like so that. So awesome. I mean it's it almost reminds me of a musician who they start playing shows and people they don't know are mouthing the words yeah. to their song. It's kind of like that. Would you say that the majority of people who come in here know you already? Um, yeah. When I was first doing it, my first quarter doing it, it was mostly for students and like friends. Um, second quarter, when word kind of got around, I was doing it more for like faculty and uh, people associated with like Cal Poly and people in the community. And then third quarter, I was doing it for, you know, just a lot of people in the community or like faculty. And like even for like the last pop up I did last year, I was doing it for President Armstrong and his wife. And Get out of here. Larabee. So <laughs> it was. Uh, it was such a like such a trip because going from like oh I'm like have to beg my friends to have like President Armstrong like eating like a couple of feet away from my bed. So. Oh, that's so cool though, and I'm sure he loved it. Yeah, I think he enjoyed it. That's awesome. I want to back up just a little bit because I didn't ask you about your background. Mm-hmm. Tell me the names of the restaurants that you worked in that you've staged in. Yeah. Um, so right when I turned 16, I started busting tables at this local Japanese restaurant called uh, Kiku Sushi. Uh, it wasn't anything spectacular or anything, but it was just for me to get my kind of foot in the door and kind of learn more about the restaurants. And so um, at Kiku Sushi, I kind of uh, worked my way up the front of house, going from busting tables to hosting tables and to serving tables. And so I was doing all these kinds of things. But I realized that if I was going to really seriously pursue working in restaurants and I, and I what my passion was for cooking that I wanted to learn in the back of house, uh, learn what like kitchen life was going to be like. I'd always begged them to work sushi bar and like they had finally let me work sushi bar. For, no way. Yeah, for, That's uh, a huge... for one day. Uh, so I did the sushi bar for one day. Um, but right after I wor- finished my one day. Uh, so basically before that, I had emailed every $4 sign restaurant in my area asking if I could intern with them. And the only ones that got back to me were the ones with Michelin stars. And so after that one day, I was like, oh, um, I'm actually going to start working at these Michelin star restaurants. So I can't do sushi bar. And so I jumped shipped a little bit. And so basically the summer of my junior year in high school, I spent the entire summer working under the pastry chefs because uh, I prefer doing pastry over savory. Oh, really? um, yeah. So I worked under the pastry chefs at two different Michelin star restaurants. So I do two days at a restaurant called Shea TJ and then two days at a restaurant called Plumed Horse. And then mm-hmm. I worked that and then I worked one day at a um, at the Japanese restaurant. And so I was wow. basically working full time, but only getting paid for one day because <laughs> these kind of Michelin star restaurants, you do something called staging uh, or it's like apprenticeship in French. Basically, you work for meals just to gain experience. Mm-hmm. And it's what a lot of people in the restaurant industry do to get like kind of their foot in the door to learn more. What an incredible education, though, to be spending your week in three different places. Yeah, it was definitely wild. I don't really know how I did it. <laughs> I don't either. I, I think my friends all said they never saw me that summer. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a really awesome experience. I mean, going from, like, no kitchen experience to going to these, like, Michelin star restaurants and having to work around kind of in that environment and having to, like, really learn what it meant to work at that kind of level was mm-hmm. a really great experience for me. And really, uh, I learned a lot, and really that's where I uh, kind of solidified my passion for food and mm-hmm. for what I wanted to do. I'm curious, did your mom or dad or whoever was cooking as you grew up, did they ever let you hold a knife or, or help prep or anything like that? Um, I would always cook here and there. Um, like, 
in middle school, I remember, like, my very first thing, like, I enjoyed doing was, like, decorating cupcakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, like, my mom would always be like, ah, oh, Jimmy, why don't you play outside? Like, <laughs> of, like, decorating these cupcakes and stuff. But, you know, um, yeah, that's, like, the kind of my very first thing that I, like, enjoyed doing kind of. I think that's where I started enjoying doing more and more, like, kind of pastry work. History, and then yeah. so uh, it went from there to, you know, like, busing tables and then to, you know, these Michelin star restaurants and, like, mm-hmm. cooking more seriously. Yeah. Okay, so thinking about your cookbook, how many recipes does it include? Yeah. Uh, so the cookbook is basically kind of a compilation of all the, like, in the recipes and stories and the pop-ups. So it's going to feature around 30 different recipes. Just It's mm-hmm. literally every single dish that I've served at the pop-up. Um, and so it's also going to include um, kind of just, yeah, more of my background and just kind of how more details of how I got like the pop-up started and just um, like, yeah, what kind of the stories that came out of the pop-up as well. But it's going to be probably like a 112 page kind of cookbook. Awesome. Um, it's going to be really nice and aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. <laughs> so, like, I'm working right now um, with my friend um, on it. She, her name is Carly Lamera. She's a, a fourth year graphic communication major at Cal Poly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, she's helping me with all the photography design and kind of layout of the cookbook, whereas I'm writing it and doing all the food and kind of <laughs> trying to get yeah the word out there <laughs> about the cookbook and everything. Yeah. And as far as the stories go, can you think of a story that's made it to the cookbook that you can share yeah I mean I think one of the funniest ones for me was um yeah when the very first quarter I was doing it my very first media thing that came out from the a pop-up was doing Mustang News and so um what they wanted to do they wanted to do an article and that kind of video so they came over and, and uh were shooting um kind of me doing a kind of a modified tasting menu for them. I did kind of like a shortened um, tasting menu for them. And they were sitting around and what I had served for them for one of the courses was a, like my five spice duck breast dish. And so they were huddled around eating it. And so there, there were three of them. And then um, one of them pointed at her friend and she was like, uh, did you know she's a vegetarian, right? And as she was like eating the duck, and I was like, you know, you know that's duck breast, right? She's like, it's okay, it's okay, it's so good. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't know how long you've been a vegetarian, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it, it was just really, uh, I've never had that happen before. <laughs> so that was a kind of cool thing that <laughs> that I've experienced. <laughs> yeah, you converted somebody, yeah, I guess. clearly. <laughs> I mean, what do you call the style of food that you serve? I just talked about a little bit before. I just would like to cook like food that's super like genuine to me and really a reflection of who I am. So um, I would say it's a lot of like kind of California cuisine where it's like a lot of like kind of local sustainable organic kind of but through my own lens um, through just like the lens of how I grew up my like Asian American kind of background coupled with just the techniques and stuff I'd learned in restaurants and just kind of all of that kind of combined together into yeah, just what I serve. When you go out you know on that very rare once a year occasion <laughs> that you dine out where do you eat? Um, I really enjoy like kind of Santa Maria style barbecue. Cause I mean, I think, just, Hey, you know. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. That's one yeah. of my specialties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it's something that's super like regional to just here in this County. And it's something that's really, um, cool to see that people take a lot of pride in. And so, um, yeah, I try to take in as much of, um, this tri-tip <laughs> and all of the, the beans and the, the, the cornbreads and the garlic breads as much as I can before, you know, I head out. <laughs> yeah. It really is our one food way here that is regional and only ours. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Have you gone to places like Six Test Kitchen? Have you dined there? Because it's a, it started as a similar concept. Yeah. 
I've not. Uh, I'm still planning on going there. Uh, we've definitely like talked to each other about. Yeah. They've expressed interest in like coming to dine here, and you know, yeah. I've told them like I would love to dine it there. Uh, especially that they've just opened like a brick and mortar as well, right. which is really exciting for them. Um, yeah, we're just still trying to figure out times. <laughs> You're both so things. busy. I'm sure. <laughs> I know. Maybe as a last point, what what about the Central Coast? What has it given to you in terms of you know what you foresee as your future? In terms of like the pop of the Central Coast was a really great way for me to yeah just experience kind of like the produce that the Central Coast offers because I mean so much stuff is grown here and it's the produce here is so great that like I'm able to go to farmers markets and and pick up all the produce that I need for the um, pop up has been really exciting and just the encouragement and just how interested people have been in the Central Coast to you know like what I'm doing and the things that I will be doing has been really great. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Jimmy. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to 805 Living Magazine's first ever audio log. We hope you like what you heard. For more audio stories on the flavor, culture, and vibe of the 805, sign up for the 805 Living Magazine e-newsletter or stay tuned to 805living.com. Until then, this is Jamie Lewis. Thank you.